Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. of being black with Tammy Mack. I am Tammy Mack on Fox Soul. After the murder of George Floyd, the statues of Confederate leaders, slaveholders, and more became a focal point for protesters around the country. In 2020, 157 memorials were removed. And in 2021, 73 Confederate monuments were either removed or renamed, leaving 723 still standing in this country. And although many believe this to be a step in the right direction. Others believe that it's simply a waste of time and money. What say you about the cemented history of America? Let's get down to business. The business of being black today is Confederate statues. Please welcome the founder of the HR Plug podcast, LaShawn Davis. Hi, LaShawn. Happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here, host of the Modern Conservative Podcast and founder of the Conservative Americans for Equality, John Harvey is with us. Hi, John. Hi, Tammy. How are you doing? Excellent. Author and professor Darius J. Williams is here. Hi, Darius. Hi, Tammy. So great to be here. Thank you for the invite. Ready for the conversation, my friend. And the director of membership development at Project 21 Black Leadership Network, Donna Jackson, is here with us. Hi, Donna. Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. The first question on business of being black is always about black people and why they should care. So Donna, let's kick things off with you. Why should black people care about whether these Confederate statues are removed or not? Why should black people care is the question. Well, I think that right now, um, this question only comes up during election times. There's more important things to focus on in the Black community. Not that I have any affinity for uh, Confederate statues, but I think that it's just a distraction. Ah, they should care because it's a distraction. Yes, care about the distractions indeed. John, why should Black people care? My thoughts are simply because, you know, it's it's part of our history as well. You know, it may not be perfect, and it, and it may not be as shiny as we want it to be, but it's still part of our history. I've never heard that argument, but I'm thinking I'm liking it, John. It is a part of our history, be it good or bad. All right, Uh, LaShawn, why should black people care whether these statues are removed or not? Because black people should care about anything that directly or indirectly relates to who they are and where they have the potential to go. And so those the Confederate statues definitely play a role in that. And so there should be a vested interest in what happens with them. Darius, what do you got for me? Why should Black people care? I feel like statues honor and celebrate those who should be remembered from history. We can remember our history without celebrating people who were perpetuators of slavery. Ah, yes, indeed. So why is there a renewed push to remove Confederate monuments and statues, you think, Darius? Well, I think that as society progresses, we should see moves like this. We should see people feel more connected to removing statues and symbols in our everyday society that make us feel connected to our sordid past. We can find ways to still remember these people without having them out in public in the form of statues and flags and things of the like. Donna, what do you say? Well, you know, here's the thing. In Egypt, there's pyramids. People are driving around in Mercedes built by Nazis one generation removed, and nobody has a problem with it. Really, there's other things that we should be more focused on besides removing statues, especially in the African-American communities where there's a lot of issues we need to deal with. So the Nazis built the Mercedes? That's news to me. (laughs) The Nazis, they're German-built Mercedes, BMWs. Nobody has a problem with it. Kamikaze. 
Volkswagen, uh, so many of those brands were designed and built by Nazis one generation removed, but nobody has a problem with getting in them, driving them in their communities. They don't seem to bother them. And so I'm saying this, why are we so focused on a statue when there's economic issues in our community that we need to be focused on? But you're and, not saying that when when Mercedes and Volkswagens are sold that they're going back into the Nazi regime, are you? I'm not saying that, but you okay. know, how are Jews driving in Mercedes when these very people wanted to wipe them completely out? I think the fact that that those images don't make us who we are, and it shouldn't be a distraction from the issues and the goals we want to meet for our communities. John, not I know you wanted to jump it. in. Well, my thoughts are simply, you know, we worry about tearing down statues. And I will say there's more things that we can we can focus on. You know, most of the statues are represented um, from years gone by. Look, they're historical. It's our history. You know, the first, stat the first thing we should be tearing down is the Democratic Party because they were the one who actually owned slaves. But yet, we don't say, let's tear down the Democratic Party. We just want to tear down symbols who do absolutely nothing for us or against us. Just remind us of our true history. Well, two points here. Uh, we can't walk and chew gum at the same time, can't absolutely. we? Can't we get rid of the, the Confederate statues and the Democratic Party, if that's <laughs> your position? I mean, I just, I look at it this way, Tammy. We promote the Democrat Party is African-Americans by being part, of the, being part of the party that held our ancestors slaves. But yet we promote them by, by you know, being involved with that organization. Case I've heard point. that argument before about the, the, the Democratic Party, and I say all of them was holding us as slaves, Republicans, You're Democrats, exactly right. independents. If you were white and you had slaves, you were holding us as slaves, point blank, period. I don't care what party you came from. You was the party of slaveholders in my eyes. But uh, this, this show ain't about me. It's about the business of being black. LaShawn, I see you trying to reach in. <laughs> Yes, um, you know, uh, Donna mentioned the economic issues should be the focus. You can't ignore where the economic issues come from. It's, just, it's systemic. And, uh, you know, Black people generally have a ch more challenging time. There's still discrimination. There's still, I can't get a house because of this. There's still bias. There's still all of these things that are tied to how we were once viewed and seen, which is commemorated by these statues. So if you really want to get down to resolving economic issues and resolving uh, issues that are keeping Black people subjected to um, being inferior, then let's go where it starts, which is where, which is what these statues represent. Yeah. And I guess since we're talking about the economics of the statues and whether, um, you know, the statues have anything to do with our economics, they kind of do because it's our tax dollars that go into, you know, kind of keeping the upkeeping of these statues. Uh, yes or no, Darius? Absolutely. I mean, you know, public funding is always used to support these types of efforts. And so it is troubling to think that we are, you know, supporting the upkeep of this terrible history. And that's why education is so important. And I think that as we continue to educate this generation, we'll find that other issues will arise. And that's okay. That is the function of society. Society is supposed to progress as we move forward. We're not supposed to just turn a blind eye to certain things. I know, Tammy, you mentioned earlier, as Donna made the point about BMWs, I'd never heard of that history before. And do you think that I would want to ride in a car like that, knowing that history? So that's why it's important not to just use it as an excuse, but to actually make sure that we're educating the masses so they can make informed decisions. Donna, you want to rebuttal on that one? <laughs> well, you know what? Um, our, the image of who we are and what we're able to achieve has nothing to do with the statue. It has to do with our own belief and what we can achieve. The first woman millionaire was a Black woman. We, you know, we've had started universities. We started, uh, we have billionaires everywhere. Economically, I mean, we go to church every day. And we're churched on Sunday, but oppressed on Monday. So either we believe that God is or we is, isn't. So our self-image is not built on an image. It's, it's the reason why you don't see them tearing down the pyramids or the Mayan pyramids or any of those things. Your image comes from within. And if you decide that you can achieve 
You can, but if you decide that the way somebody else views you is inferior and then you let that image destroy you, then that's why you don't achieve. It's not necessarily because they're keeping you back because there's lots of doors and we've knocked them down before. We've achieved more after the uh, Civil War and the, than we do today. And, and that's we've not had right. to fight, and we've had to fight to achieve all of those things. And that fighting fight is not a bad thing. Fighting it, is not. It's not. not that's thing. why we're and we're fighting right now to remove these monuments because they do <laughs> represent something very negative, and they do images do tell children, they tell society about what you know what the expectations are, and self-efficacy, whether or not we want to admit it. Studies prove that self-efficacy is informed by the images that you see, and that's why I believe in. Per perpetuating positive images so that when the children look at images of black men in the media, they're not always looking at a, a slave on a TV show, or they're not always looking at a prisoner or someone in the industrial prison complex. We need to make sure that we're always promoting positive images and making sure that our children can connect with those so that they can believe that they will be successful. You know, and achieving, and achieving isn't only based on what you believe. Because I can have all full-hearted belief in my abilities. Absolutely. But if the Sean. society isn't built up to allow me to be successful because I don't have the access, I don't have the awareness, I don't have the knowledge, I don't have the privilege, then regardless of how much I believe, there is still a work, an action that has to go behind that belief. And if I walk down to my corporate uh, my corporate building or my courthouse and have to be reminded of what I once was in this state, how does that impact my belief? So what your belief is system is, is comprised of several different factors and one of them being environmental which is where these statues come into play well we need to build our own economies you know jews celebrate being slaves they celebrate a passover because it's not about being a slave it's about what they were able to achieve and overcome and that's the way we need to teach it we're we not overcome it. yet we're still trying to overcome but they don't celebrate their oppressors with statues that's for sure let's take a quick break and come right back on business of being black with tammy mack Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I'm Tammy Mack, and the Business of Being Black today are Confederate statues. Should they be removed? So, John, is dismantling Confederate monuments a step towards eliminating racism in this country by any stretch? No. You know, racism is not about, when we have a racial issue in this country, it's not about the statues. It's a particular incident that triggers us to have, for example, the George Floyd riots. Historically, Statues is a is something of what our future has been. You know, the thing is, what I like about history and learning about history, it tells us where we're going to go in the future or where, which path we should go in, you know, in the future. We have to have history, whether it's books, whether it's monuments, whether it's a, a statue who does absolutely nothing as far as promoting racism. I've said this many, many, many times on my podcast and when I'm speaking at events. I said, I don't understand why we're worried about statue, statues when we worry, don't worry about the organization who those statues represent as slave owners. Up to so what do you mean by what, what do you mean by representing the the organizations? What does that See, mean? See, I was once I was once a Democrat, but I started hearing every four years, two to four years, why you know X Y Z is racist and and why, and, and the others are not. For example, I got tired of hearing Democrats talk about how bad Republicans are. So I started investigating my history. And when you find out the Republican Party was founded in 1854, in 1865, that they voted to free the slaves. Prior 1865, the slave owners was the Whig Party, which was the Democrats. But we as Black Americans, we, walk, we talk about how statues represent our history and how bad, it may, it, though it may be good, though it may be bad, it is our history. But yet, we talk, have this same conversation as Democrats. So is That's it your point, like, is it your point that only Democrats are racist and Republicans no, are that not? that is not the point. No, okay. that is not Okay, I just want to be clear on what you're saying here. The point is repre representation of a party that actually were slave owners more so than Republicans, because Republicans was formed for three reasons, joining the union, commerce, and freeing the slaves. It wasn't just about freeing the slaves, but yet 
Well, I mean, that's that that's that's some that history there is a little contorted, if I may say so myself, but we, we won't go into that. LaShawn, go ahead. I was agreeing. Yes, it, it is because people aren't thinking about necessarily the founding uh, establishment of the political party versus what is the political party doing for me today? And, uh, you know, traditionally, Democratic parties are catered toward Black people because Dem Democratic Party supports middle class, lower waged um, individuals and workers. And because of those systematic things that I mentioned earlier and our lack of ability to ever be seen equal, perpetuated by these statues, we're always playing catch up. And so the Democratic Party, for example, reducing student loans or paying off student loans, who do you think gets student loans? Who doesn't have the means to pay off student loans? You know, working in HR, I get people who don't negotiate a, sal a salary because they're so excited to get the offer because it's the most money that they ever made in their life. White people don't have these issues because they've never dealt with the suppression that we have our historical, um, you know, background. So when you talk about political parties, understand what it was then isn't necessarily where it is today. And the reason it is where it is today and Blacks do favor Democratic parties is because that's where they see the most beneficial help coming from because of our economy built to keep us down. Donna? I, you know, I, so it's a, it's a couple of things. I hear a lot about what they, what they owe us, what, how we're seen by them. We, we talk about all the power that we think they have, and we don't realize how much power we have. We, we support a whole industry. There's a whole marketing industry targeted towards Black people, and it's not that way for a reason, for no reason. We support the hip-hop industry, the music industry, um, the sneakers, the clothing industry. We built billionaires and empires. So we have a lot of Black people at every stage of the economic scale spend the most money of any group on brand name items. So we can't say what they don't give us. And that's the biggest problem because we think it's about what they give us. No, it's about what we can build, but we don't think of building things ourselves. We think that somebody has to give us the opportunity. We can negotiate salaries. We can sit there and understand our value and then go back and have those conversations. Who teaches them how to do it? But, you don't have to have somebody teach you. You know, you wake up one day you and you know. And, and I know you how to negotiate a salary because my mother to... did, because my father I, has I, it. I, when I, That's I, not reality. Listen to me. When I graduated from college, it was like the NBA draft. I graduated in accounting. I graduated the top of our, at my class. I got uh, offered that white white men with blue eyes and blonde hair couldn't get. They actually had to raise the starting salary and I got a bonus mm -hmm. because I understood my value. If you think it, if you think that you're inferior, then you can't. I worked for the one of the largest uh, accounting firms in the country. I got uh, offered. You're an anomaly, Donna. You're an anomaly. And that's a great that's thing. And that's a great that's thing. Not anomaly. Somebody didn't. I live in a white state. I live we in an eighty percent white state. We live in a white country. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> true because we're only thirty percent. Donna, Donna, when you Go look ahead, to Darius. your left, when you look to your left and you look to your right in your industry, Donna, and I also work in a in the number one company for technology in the world. And when I look to my left and I look to my right, I don't see a lot of counterparts that look like me. There was nothing that made me so special that I that I deserve to be in the room more so than other people, other than the fact that. I had the opportunity to access certain things that others had not been able to access at that level. Okay. So we have to make you sure that what? we're reaching back. We're not here to criticize our, our people and our race. We're here to make sure we're reaching back to equip them so that they can be successful and that they can make it and be right. successful I, in the future I, I, as well. So Donna, is there a significant amount of African-Americans in your industry that you work with today? No, it had never has been, but that never started. I don't need to see somebody who looks like me to be able to know my value and what I bring to the table for the company. And I can uh, uh, articulate that when I'm sitting in negotiations, because I've always seen myself as a human being, not as a black human being, as but a white human being. And I have the same ability. I have the same brain. I have the same blood as anybody else, irregardless of their color. And I've never seen myself as inferior. And everyone that knows 
that, that works with me knows that same thing. I've reached high, high levels because I've always said, I don't care what color you look like. I don't care about what you think either. As long as that register rings, we're in business. And but I don't let care me, about let me, put it, let me put it into perspective for you. I went to college just like you did. However, I didn't get scholarships and I got good grades going out of college and I had to get student loans. But the reason I pushed to go to college wasn't because my parents pushed me because I wasn't raised by my parents. My father's incarcerated and my mother passed away when I was five years old. So I was raised by my grandmother, two generational gaps between me, who never encouraged me to go to college, but was only hoping that I graduate high school because in her time, that in itself was a victory. So everything and everything that I've become had to be because of what I believed in myself to be able to accomplish. But there wasn't the access, there wasn't the availability, there wasn't the tutelage, there wasn't all the things that were available to me. I had to navigate and find that. But LaShawn, why wasn't there? I mean, apparently you found what you needed, right? So what? why I is didn't. it that, that other African-Americans can't? I went to an HBCU. That's the answer. I went to an HBCU because they were one of the schools that accepted me. And that's how I learned. That's how I built a community. That's how I built connections. Not everybody has an opportunity to go to college. Not everybody can afford college. Not everybody wants to take a student loan. You know, so to to think that your success equates to what everybody else can achieve is not true because I see it every day in the workplace. People don't recognize today that the cage is open and that you can go out and explore because for so long we've been trapped in a cage with the gate closed. But we have to. We have. Go ahead, to go ahead John. I'm sorry. No, you're good. Done. You're good, done. Well, here's the thing. I live in a state that's 80%, 80% white. I grew everything I have today as a black man who didn't use my color and my ancestor problems as a crutch. Hold I that sit- thought. We're going to go to a quick commercial break, and we'll come right back mm-hmm. with you, John, on Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack on Fox. Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I am Tammy Mack, and the Business of Being Black today is Confederate Statues. Please welcome the founder of the HR Plug podcast, LaShawn Davis, host of the Modern Conservative podcast and founder of the Conservative Americans for Equality, John Harvey, author and professor Darius J. Williams is with us, and the director of membership development at Project 21 Black Leadership Network, Donna Jackson. John, you were talking about you living in an 80% white state. The state, you know, technically, you know, me being in the white state and that I am the state of Utah, I should feel like I am handicapped because there's really not, there's what, one and a half percent of the population here is black of 3.4 million people. That didn't stop me from creating what I have and what I do. Yes, I do podcasting and I have run an organization, but I also have six other companies. The thing is, I've done this without federal money. I've done this without bank loans. I've done it with good business partners. So when we always talking as if we're a victim and we always need help, that's the problem. The problem is those of us that are successful needs to need to be more leaders in our community. We need to teach people how to get to where we are. In my personal experience, I, it, it, it seems to me as, as if we don't want to share our pathway to wealth with other people. And that's a lot of the problem. I do it because And we give away a lot of money because we believe in that. Not only just in the black community, the minority community. So I often get tired of hearing about how we are the victims and we don't have this, this or that, that we need to get our head like everybody else. We've got everything we need. We just need to change our mentality. Okay, according to this holding us back. According to the Washington Post, a congressional commission stated that erasing Confederate items from the United States military would cost $62 million, $62 million. Could that money be better spent in other areas in this country, like providing universal health care, reparations, or any other issues, maybe even education? When we talk about $62 million and tearing down Confederate uh, statues, I mean, that money can be spent elsewhere, can't it? There's other programs out there we can eliminate as well. It's not just a statute program. There's a ton of money in the federal government that we can eliminate. But right now the topic is federal statute or statutes is because it links to heritage and race. 
that's the reason why we're having the conversation about it. I think There's you missed my question, John. Be... I think you missed my question. I, I was Sorry. stating the very position that you just uh, gave me. Um, so I'm asking the oh, money that they, the, the money that they're using to get rid of those statues. Can't we keep those statues up? and utilize that money for something better in 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 america that's the question absolutely absolutely because there's so many areas in this country in the minority community that can use that 62 million dollars but we don't want to talk about this because we want to say you know let's tear the statues down because people don't realize you're still tearing down your heritage you're still tearing down your history and history is important now the only people who don't want history are the people who have something to hide we need that history of the black community because we want to let you know, even you white folks, we want to let you know, we're not going to go back there. We're not going back in that direction. We're going up and we're going to keep going forward in our lives and, our, and, and within our communities. That's what we believe in. I truly believe that. I think that it will get us down, the, down that road. You think we can we uproot some black statues, John? What's that? Would you mind us uprooting black statues? I don't want any statues uprooted. Any statue, Darius? black, white, yellow, or brown. It's somebody's history. Darius, what do you think about? about thank you, I'm Darius. What's your thought on what's the thought on the sixty-two million dollars being spent on statues being removed? Can't we utilize that for education? Absolutely. We can use that money for a lot of different things. That's what we always do. We always find money in the budget to do the things that we want to do. What I do find funny is that John would say that you should not be depending on federal dollars to make your dreams come true, but then turn around and say that that money should be used to make your dreams come true. So make it make sense. I feel like there's a lot That's of not arguments. Said. We can rewind it back. We can watch it back and we can see what you said. You said that you could use that money for other programs, but then you said that you would never accept federal dollars and people need to stop waiting on federal dollars you're to assuming, make their dreams come true. But, but brother, you assume every program that I'm making reference to has something to do with us. It doesn't always have to be a deal. You can use it in the school system. You Absolutely. can get better books. There's a, there's a lot of other ways to use federal money. It doesn't have to specifically be used on us. That's the difference. I said nothing about it has to be used on us. That's what I didn't say. Oh, so that's okay. the difference. You want the money to be used, but just not for black people. No, no, it, no that's not. That what is not did. what said. This is the okay, thing so where you guys get it all it twisted right here. It can be used in the schools for so many other reasons. It, it, it does not have to be used just solely for us. It ain't about us. We are a country of many people. You know, it's, it's so funny. That 20, so if you looked at the Black Wall Street that was destroyed in today's dollar, they estimated their uh, insurance value to be 29 million. The 69 million that you're using to destroy Confederate statues could build two Black Wall Streets. Why are we wasting money? I lived in those communities that had statues. I was in Memphis. We would, used to, I used to take my kids to Confederate Park. Nobody cared. They're, they're telling us to you care. You didn't care. People care. Nobody right. cared. They wouldn't be vandalizing them. They wouldn't be snatching them down. They wouldn't be driving through the crowds of Black people with Confederate flags if it didn't matter. It matters. That in Memphis, they've changed the name of the parks, right? And what has changed? Zero. No good. Nothing. Well, let's talk about, let's talk about. uh, Um, The schools didn't improve. And funny thing is, you know, they had a school in Memphis where the ceiling collapsed. So while we spent money to take down a Confederate statue, three teachers and kids got injured in the school because the ceiling fell in. I'm saying because it's probably state funding versus county. But these insignificant, these insignificant. So let's talk about nobody caring for a minute, Donna. I like that you brought that up when you say nobody cares um, about the Confederate statues or about the Confederate park. Could it be because our history has also been reversed or repurposed to not be the truth? And so people don't care because when we read about these people who have these statues in honor of them, we're reading a history that has very well been, uh, it, it has been torn to pieces with lies. 
you know, so we we nobody's stopping us from learning our history, and that doesn't start with the United States. You know, that's all we talk about when we talk about our history is slavery, slavery, slavery. We've we done live. a lot of things <laughs> besides slavery. We've when we talk about those, we're talking about those Confederate statues today. So with respect to those statues, most of it is in reference to slavery. So I I do hate to bring the conversation up. But the only time we talk about it is election time. Watch after they're over. Then all of a sudden, nobody cares. I mean, when I say nobody cares, it's not in the forefront of the issue of what we need to. So Darius, let's talk about what Donna's saying. She says, nobody cares about this stuff until elections come up. So why don't you care about these Confederate statues uh, the rest of the years uh, that we are not in the middle of elections? It doesn't change my life. I can look at pyramids. Every civilization has had a bad history and every civilization has good history. But that- Every civilization isn't facing mass shootings where people are being killed for the sole reason of their skin. In Egypt, nobody is going into a grocery store and killing 10 people just because they're Black. We still have hate that is alive and well, and the statues give them oh, a premise to believe it's okay. Else, nobody experienced hate your point. Nobody experienced hate in this country but us. Nobody That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying today. There hasn't been any mass shootings in Egypt. I can give you that <laughs> from a factual mass, perspective. <laughs> People mass. will have you believe that the Civil War was about states' rights, and it was about states' rights, but the, the right was for them to own people, and I don't know why we can't get through our heads that it is not okay for us to still celebrate those people who own our ancestors by the form of statues. It is not a complex idea. Get rid of the statue. Celebrate a statue does not. That's what a statue is. It's the celebration of a hero. Yes. Of a person. What we have the 19 Al-Qaeda terrorists, the 19 Al-Qaeda terrorists who flew into the Twin Towers, would we erect 19 statues under those 19 terrorists? Would we do that? No, we would never in a million years do that. But we will. But what I would do is go to commercial break real quick, and we'll be right back. Better come back to the business of being black with Tammy Mack. I'm Tammy Mack. The business of being black today are Confederate statues. John, earlier in the show, uh, you said that listen, those statues represent our history. So yes, you're absolutely right. And I'm on your side. Those statues represent our history. So then should we erect statues of the terrorists of 9-11? Would you be okay with that? Here's the thing. No, I wouldn't be okay because you know why? Because that was a history that, if I would put it this way, if I was going to erect the history, it'd be the fallen firefighters, the police officers, and the Americans that died in that tragedy. Now, the other side of that, though, in Iran— or these other countries that are terrorist-based, they would erect statues of those 19 um, terrorists. See, this is a different story, because it, they're, they're, they're not our heroes. But we but will the honor our victims. generals are our heroes. Is that what you're saying, John? The Confederate generals are our heroes? No, but they are our history. You don't have to be my hero to be in our history. So then you would erect the statue of the right. terror. 9-11 is history. That's not what I said. I said I would erect I said I would erect statues of the fallen firefighter, police officer, and first responders. But the in the noble, other country. So then should those Confederate statues be exchanged with the fallen slaves? What's that again? For abolitionists. <laughs> Black business owners. Mm-hmm. I didn't hear the question. It- Should then those uh, those statues, those Confederate statues, be replaced with the fallen slaves, the abolitionists? That would be part of our history. We can erect yes. statues of the fallen, the you know, the slaves of that we want to honor. It's at our discretion. We can erect as many statues as we want. But in the whole point of this conversation, should we get rid of Confederate statues? and symbols. And I say, far as that topic, it's our history. Whether we like it or not, it's part of our history. There's, you know, there's a lot of things in our community that we don't like today, but it's still our history, good or bad, no matter that what, it is our history. You don't have to celebrate everything bad. You don't have to celebrate. So, Donna, do you believe that there are some um, 
issues that need to be addressed before discussing the removal of monuments and changing the names of schools and parks? Yes, that's my entire point. I don't, do I love Confederate statues? No. Do I exactly. have any affinity for any of them? No, but what I'm saying is that we have more priorities that we should be focused on. You know, we're, right now, we're talking about Confederate statues from the midterm. You know, I look at uh, affluent neighborhoods, you know what they're doing? Trying to get corporate uh, headquarters located in their neighborhoods so that their house, the value of their homes can go up so they can get tax dollars. But we spend all of our time with these kind of superficial uh, issues when we have ones that have should take more priority over, you What's know. What's the priority the in priority? your perspective right now that we should be focused on? I think that economic upward mobility, I think innovation, creating business districts, creating industrial uh, uh, parks. I think all of those things, uh, reducing crime, making sure that we have uh, thriving businesses that are around in our communities so that we can grow small businesses. I think that that should be the focus, improving our educational system. When you have a school district like, say, Baltimore or Chicago, where 70% of the high school kids are graduating illiterate, illiterate, they can't read, then, of course, when they go to college, they're not going to be successful. But if we don't have those role models, how come we can't be the one? How come you that achieved so much from a graduating from a Black, historically Black college can't be the hero in your community for everyone? How can't That's what my I business is about. That. <laughs> That's what my business is about. LaShawn and Darius, I, 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 I must say, Hold that thought, Donna. Uh, LaShawn and Darius, I must say that uh, Donna has a point. I mean, all of these things that she suggests we work on in lieu of taking Angie Mama off the pancake box sounds like a winner to me. But does it have to be in lieu? Why can't we, like you said earlier, walk and chew gum at the same time? We will not eradicate racism until we do it from the rooter to the tutor, as my grandmother would say. We have to start... From, of course, Donna, I agree with you. There are a lot of programs, a lot of programs I'm thankful for. Upward Bound, for instance. I'm thankful for Georgia 4-H. I'm thankful for TRIO programs. I'm thankful for all of these programs that have allowed me to access and to see the different things. But when I go to a 4-H event and I have to walk into an auditorium named after Herman Talmadge just to learn that he's a staunch segregationist who never wanted us to integrate in the first place, what kind of message does that send to me when I look on the wall and see the Negroes still have a, a tag that calls them Negroes in that building? So you can't just address policy without addressing the symbols that Black children see every day when they walk into these buildings, when they walk into these schools that you want to change, and it's still named after people who own slaves. You know and additionally, what all, of that, all of that that you want to achieve is impossible as long as racism exists. No, so to me, you... You're never going to change the hearts and minds of individuals. Exactly. But we're talking about the systemic, when systemic I racism. It's you know not I about do? the hearts and minds. It's about no, policy. I, there's overt and covert. When I walk into a building that has Woodrow Wilson, who didn't want the United States government to be integrated, you know what I think is, ha, I beat you. That's, I'm proud of the fact that you didn't want me to be here, but you can't do nothing about me being here. Well, hold that thought. Let me ask a question then, further, based on what say... Donna just said. Let me ask a question based on what Donna just said. And even um, goes back to what John said, his whole point of it being history. So if we remove these statues, if we remove these memorials, does it also remove America's dark history? Does no, it put them in a mm. put them in a building and call it the Hall of Shame for all the people who had us messed up for over 400 years, keeping us in chains? Donna, what if we could take it a step further and say, ha, you didn't want me to be here, but I'm here. But ha, your name was on this building. And now it's not even here anymore because we don't respect what it is that you represent or who you were as a person. But, you know, but we, we we're selective in that we're celebrating Planned Parenthood, who was started by Margaret Sanger, who started off as the Negro project to eliminate the black race. And we support Planned Parenthood 100 percent as a black community. We support Harvard and Yale. Nobody's you think really anybody's going to take their names off of it. Absolutely not. So the fact is, 
it starts with us mentally. It doesn't matter how somebody else sees us. And it doesn't matter if we're sitting there going, we think that you think about, no, it matters how we see ourselves. And if you have confidence in the way you see yourself, then you understand that if you go to one business and they turn you down, they're not the only deal in town. There is 6 billion people in the world. And you telling me that because one or two or 10 say no, that you're going to stop there. You get more no than yes, but that's what absolutely. Absolutely right, Donna. You're absolutely right, Donna, but it's not one or two or 10, and we're not talking about the hearts and minds of individual people. I'm talking about my federal tax money that I pay out of my check every month going to the upkeep of slave owners. I'm talking about it when a building that is publicly funded being named after a staunch segregationist. What does that say about me to continue to fund this? Of course, our money could go into other places, but we should have a voice at the table, just as the next person should have a voice at the table when it comes to the money that we're spending into this government by way of our tax. John, looks like you want to jump in here. Let's get John in. Well, this is something to Darius' point. Darius, you just mentioned your tax dollars, but do you care about $600 million every year going to Planned Parenthood? which who, who exterminates black babies ever since 1916 because your tax money goes there as well. So if we want to talk about more tax I don't have go, reprodu- I'm not a woman. I don't have reproductive rights. And if women decide you that they are want a black to do man, something with their body, you are a black that man. Their That's business. not an excuse because that is black their men becomes leaders. You are a black that man. That's their business. That sounds like misogyny to me, and I'm not a misogynist. Really? So a woman decides that she wants really? to handle that's her body, then she do whatever. Darius, that's not she misogyny. Wants to her body. Over it is. That more babies, it is. More to babies suggest that men have to lead women over their body, that is absolutely misogyny, no, and I'm not ascribing to it at all. You support an organization whose primary goal said that I support the organization. Goal. I said like I support them the right to have autonomy and do what the hell they want to do with their body. That she wanted to eliminate... Well, I'm going to do what the hell I want to do with my show right now, and that is go to commercial break. We'll be right back on Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack on Fox Soul. Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I am Tammy Mack on Fox Soul. The Business of Being Black are Confederate statues. So, John, as more Confederate statues are removed, what do you think should replace them? I think we need... I mean, seriously, I really... Honestly, Tammy... I don't care if they replace it with anything. Maybe some black leaders, you know. I mean, do they? I mean, do they need to be replaced if they come down? I don't know. I don't really have an opinion on that, to be honest with you. Yeah, that's a good thought. Like, do they have to be replaced just because they come down? Mm. That seems interesting to me. That when these Confederate statues come down, we have to erect more. Why? Why? Why do that? Well, we don't want people pandering to us, you know. But will they pander to us? A lot, because in the black community, there's a lot of people outside our community that would do pander to us for their own personal gain. That's a great point, LaShawn. I don't think they need to be replaced by anything, you know, either, because it would just cost more money to just replace with something else that 100 years from now, we believe we probably shouldn't have done that either. So the money probably could be used to go towards other items that support and uplift versus uh, remind us of hate and cruelty. Darius, you are nodding your head in agreement as well. Do do I find some common ground on this panel? What? I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think there was plenty of common ground um, throughout the show, but I couldn't agree more. We don't have to erect more statues. We can, you know, do some of those programs like Donna mentioned. We can make sure that we're incubating more Black leaders, and we can make sure that we're pouring back into the Black community to make sure that we're able to be on equal footing. And if we never get our reparations from 400 years of free work, we can still have a way of getting on equal footing. Donna, what's your thought on this? What are we erecting if we're tearing down? You know, I think that is, you know, time is money. If we're spending a lot of time on worrying about what statues need to come down, that means we lost our ability to invest. So I think that we shouldn't even, we should throw, scrap that, put that at the end, and we should be sitting down there, figure out how to make our own table. So we don't have to have a seat. The table is ours and we provide people with a seat. Okay. Uh, before we end this conversation, it is time for my favorite, favorite, favorite part of the show, which is the lightning round. All you have to do is let me know which side you stand on. Do we remove statues and why, or do we not? And why? Let's kick things off, John. Do uh, well, let's kick things off with my lightning round. Let's go. 
John. I believe, I believe that the statue should be, remain in place because it is our history. No matter how evil it may be, it's still part of our history. And we've actually learned a lot from our history as we've gone forward for from you know 1865 to 1964, the Civil Rights Bill. So we have gained progress. So those are my thoughts on it. LaShawn? We are a country in the United States where we're supposed to be united as one nation. So they need to go because they represent division and they represent nothing positive but hate, cruelty, and oppression. I don't even need a reminder of that. I don't want to see that. Goodbye, statues. Goodbye, statues. So, Donna. No, I don't think we need to worry about that. I think we have better things to focus on. Listen, not even white Americans look at it and think, oh, I have pride in that statue. They don't even notice it. I think that we need to prioritize our economic development. We need to invest in capitalism for Black Americans. We need to create our own industries and our own Black Wall Streets. That's what we need to erect. Mm. Darius? As I said earlier, statues honor and celebrate heroes who should be remembered in history, not just anyone, but heroes. So why are we celebrating and memorializing people who champion slavery? Knock them down, roll them around, and get rid of the statues. <laughs> um, I, I find it interesting that you all agree with not putting up more statues, because what if we find out 20, 30, or 100 years from the day that that person who was erected has some tainted form of history, and now we got to take that one down? Uh, so I definitely believe that the money is better, is much better used uh, within the community, and particularly those communities who are lacking who, those communities. So let's talk about you, Darius. What can you tell us about five guys? on live and what inspired you um, to write DJ's favorite day? Yeah, so Five Guys on Live is my live podcast with uh, four of my friends. We go live every Monday at 9 p.m. We talk people, politics, and pop culture, so check us out. And also DJ's favorite day is my children's book, which I wrote to uh, with the aim to inform children about the various career pathways that they can take. But it's told through the lens of a Black boy and his father so that we can continue to promote positive images of black men in the media so that we can make sure we build positive self-efficacy for black boys and not only black boys but everyone needs to see positive images of black men in the media so check out dj's favorite day as well absolutely john talk about the modern conservative podcast and conservative americans for equality um the modern conservative podcast i found it about a year and a half ago and uh it was because facebook was shut shutting me down and we mostly talk about politics men stand forward and stand up and fighting and being the leaders. I speak a lot on today, the day-to-day -day controversial issues in our country. And then CAFE is, is the Conservative American for Equality. We all start out with equal opportunity. How you end up in this life is, is mostly dependent on you. Um, I'm a father of two daughters. I have custody of both of my kids and I raised them myself. And I want more men to be leaders in the community capitalism and um, things that will enhance our community and our population for as um, conservative blacks and others. It's not just about blacks. I'm not just about, I'm believing the melting pot. So check us out on the modernconservativepot.com and cafe.com and uh, learn more. Thank you, John. LaShawn, tell us about the HR Plug podcast and your upcoming business ventures. Yes, excited to be working on an HR Plug Unplug conference, and it's for business leaders and HR professionals to help them understand what their role needs to be to help our people progress. All the things that we were talking about today with the future of work. And so uh, this will be in Atlanta in March of 2023. So excited to be pouring back and educating and uplifting our leaders to help us build generational wealth and the things that we talked about today. The podcast is on YouTube um, at the HR Plug. Season two will be launching in uh, uh, January. So right now, check out um, season one episodes and be ready when we launch January 2023. What do you talk about on the HR plug? Is it literally about HR? Literally about HR and the workplace and the challenges that people play, face in the workplace and ways that they can come around them. We talk about solutions to get through it. Awesome. Love it. Donna, Donna, Donna. Tell us about Blueprint for a better deal for Black America. Yes. Uh, the, blue, the Blueprint for a Better Deal for Black America is a uh, document 
that we create um, through the public policy research and Project 21. And we highlight different areas uh, such as crime, such as education, government over-regulations, spending. We talk about um, we talk about various issues, and then we give recommendations for what we see, how we can fix them. This is about free markets. This is about creating capitalism, building strong families. And we take this document and we work with different public policy groups throughout the country. And we work with the federal government, uh, congressmen, senators, state houses. We, pr we provide these recommendations to them. And a lot of them implement those policies and recommendations that we give them. We talk about how uh, government regulations have destroyed our country and it has destroyed black families. And so we give positive recommendations on how we can combat that. And we're having a launch party with the Heritage Foundation and we're providing those to various congressmen, uh, governors, and various individuals throughout the country. So we're not just talking about, we are against these situations. We're not complaining. We're not just complaining about it. We highlight it and then we say- I think we got it. Yes. We appreciate it, Donna. Yeah. <laughs> you was going to take us all we home, my daughter. Okay, let me Making just talk, talk, talk. That's what I'm saying. Uh, besides <laughs> statues, in one word, in one word, besides statues, in one word, everybody, besides statues, what can we do to honor the heroes of America? What can we do in one word, Donna? Uh, <laughs> emulate. We can emulate in real okay, life. Okay, one word, Donna, emulate. one word. Emulate. John, John. Teach. LaShawn. Teach. And Darius, take us on home. Vote. Vote! College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at one of 25 $1,000 savings plan deposits for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Look for the Save Now, Save Later giveaway under the scholarships page. Log on and register today. That's iowastudentloan.org. Si sientes que tu compañía celular te quita tu dinero y tu poder, levanta la mano. En realidad, no podemos verte, así que puedes bajar la mano. Boost Mobile te da el poder de ahorrar con un plan sin límite por 25 dólares al mes en una de las redes 5G más grandes del país. En vez de perder el tiempo levantando la mano para avisos de radio, cámbiate a Boost y obtén un plan sin límite por 25 dólares al mes. Boost Mobile, desata tu poder. Solo nuevos clientes. Una línea por 25 dólares al mes con AutoPay. Aplica restricciones adicionales. Visite BoostMobile.com para detalles.